Hey, everybody. Ian Castleberry here. Writer, podcaster, tweeter, etc. I hope you're still doing well while staying at home as much as possible, wearing your mask when you go out, and washing those hands as the world around us has become this somewhat livable, unlivable hellscape. No, your podcast app isn't malfunctioning. It didn't download a different podcast. And we haven't changed the name of The Podcast, although we really probably should. The Podcastleberry? Yeah. But I did want to brush off the cobwebs and clean the pipes out, which is an entirely inappropriate analogy to use here, on this podcast feed in preparation for a new episode coming later this week. Yes, really. I've cleared some time for myself and there's no reason not to get it done. Episode 26. It's gonna happen. Wait, so why is this called Podcast Sporto? What does that mean? That this is just going to be sports talk? Clips from sports talk radio and not a full podcast? That's cheating! Fool this man! Okay, okay. Yeah, sort of. But there have been quite a few times over the past few months. Where the hell did May and June go, by the way? And we're midway through July now. There were a few times when I thought I should at least post audio from a radio appearance or two. And not just from Asheville's Wise Sports Radio, where I'm on three times a week, but also with TSN 1260 in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, and our old friend, but new to this podcast, Clint Domingue, from 103.7 The Game in Lafayette, Louisiana. That's a station I used to appear on a lot with a former host there who eventually co-hosted a podcast with me before he disappeared, never to be heard from again, except when he's asking customer service questions on Twitter. Uh, we're digressing. Anyway, despite sports being shut down because of the COVID-19 pandemic, there was quite a bit to talk about over the past few months, namely whether or not sports or more particularly professional team sports, but also college sports, would be played, would be safe enough to be played, while this virus was still spreading out of control throughout the country. But since I talk about baseball on the radio twice a week and still write about it occasionally, just enough to be invited on other shows throughout North America now and then, my focus has primarily been on Major League Baseball's efforts to play a 2020 season. Through April, May, and June, and even the first week of July, I was pessimistic about baseball being played in 2020. First, it was the safety concerns. How could athletes gathering together, even in a sport where there's some distance, though less than we probably realize in baseball, be safe? The dugouts, the clubhouses, the bullpens. And what about all the spitting? There's so much spitting. But then Major League Baseball let discussions over playing devolve into a conflict over salaries. How much would players be paid? How many games would be played? How much revenue would teams and their owners receive with no fans attending games? It was an ugly preview of the collective bargaining that'll happen after the 2021 season when a new labor agreement has to be negotiated. Team owners and the players union don't like each other and they don't trust each other. And that tension, that animosity, threatened any chance of a 2020 baseball season. Even worse, it threatened the interest and goodwill of baseball fans and sports fans in general. 
arguing about salaries when so many people have far less work available or are out of work entirely due to the pandemic? Arguing about whether or not to play a game when so many parents are agonizing over kids possibly going back to school, and if that's not safe enough, how they'll be able to work with kids at home? And what about the idea of playing sports when regular society is dealing with such uncertainty and upheaval? Sure, there's the argument that sports can be a distraction, can provide some sense of normalcy with entertainment. But trying to reclaim normalcy, going out to restaurants, bars, and parties, largely without wearing protective masks, against the advice of scientists and doctors, has left us far behind other countries throughout the world in dealing with COVID-19. We've seemingly moved backwards. What progress has there been? Like Washington Nationals pitcher Sean Doolittle said, sports are like the reward of a functioning society. And we're highly dysfunctional right now. Yet baseball team owners and players settled on a truce. Maybe the players will file a grievance against the owners for negotiating in bad faith when they never had an intention of playing a longer season that would allow the players to be paid more, but that'll be addressed down the line. A shortened 60-game season with travel restricted to geographic regions like East, West, and Central. Players will receive full prorated salaries. Some players have opted out of playing because they don't feel it's worth the risk, either for themselves or their families, or they have conditions that make them high risk for contracting the virus and suffering compounding health issues. No fans will be in attendance. Because of that, players can be properly distanced around the dugouts and bullpen. Baseballs will be discarded after being touched. No high fives, no hugs, and definitely no spitting. It's going to be weird. Yet this baseball season will also be fascinating to watch because it'll be unlike anything we've ever seen and hopefully never see again. Although some rule changes like every team having a designated hitter will probably stick. And we'll definitely get to watch because baseball is happening. Teams have had summer camp workouts, a second version of spring training, for the past three weeks at their home ballparks. Exhibition games have been played. And though COVID-19 testing got off to a difficult start with players due to so many tests needed and apparently only being sent to one lab in Utah, players who tested positive or contracted the virus before workouts began have been sufficiently separated from their teams. But what happens once these teams start traveling together? That's not something the bubble situations created for the NBA, NHL, and MLS have had to deal with. Will distancing measures in dugouts and clubhouses be enough? Again, baseball players won't be in a bubble. So what happens when they go home, go out to eat, or engage in some kind of social activities? What about older coaches, staffers, and executives who are more at risk because of their age? We'll start to find out this week because the 2020 Major League Baseball season begins Thursday night, July 23rd, with the New York Yankees playing the defending World Series champion, Washington Nationals, followed by the San Francisco Giants visiting the Los Angeles Dodgers. The rest of baseball joins in the next day, Friday, July 24th, with the other 26 teams taking the field. By the time you listen to this, MLB could already be playing ball. 
So that's an overly long introduction to the radio spots in this Sporto edition of the podcast. This thing is a constant work in progress. Though if you point out that I need to put more work into it, that's an entirely fair criticism. Most of the time, as I've been doing, I'll include a radio segment in a regular episode, but if the schedule is tight during a particular week, and I think the clips stand well enough on their own, I may just release them as a standalone, or sporto, podcast. I think that applies in this instance, with two segments I'd like to push out there before the 2020 baseball season begins. Up first is my conversation with Clint Domingue from Acadiana's 103.7 The Game. Even watching inter-squad games has stoked some excitement for baseball to come. Clint and I talk about National League teams adding the designated hitter to their lineups and whether or not starting pitchers will have as much of an impact as they typically do. But also, will this 2020 season have an asterisk to it? Will a World Series champion in a 60-game season be considered as legitimate as those who had to play through the usual 162-game marathon? And welcome back, everyone, to Under the Dome with CD right here on Acadiana Sports Station 103.7 The Game, 103.7thegame.com. We got to give the people what they want, and that is some baseball talk as we get closer to the start of the 2020 MLB season. It's a truncated one. It'll start next Thursday. The Astros will play on Friday. And by the way, you'll hear that right here on 103.7 The Game all season long. And now we go to the game hotline. Ian Castleberry joining the program. Ian, what is going on, my good brother? Hey there. Happy to give the people what they want. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, man, I'm absolutely glad you were able to come on the program once again. And I got to start things off just like how great is it about the fact that we are finally getting to the point where baseball is going to be back in our lives with actual games going on, not these intra-squad stuff that we've been seeing as of late, actual games that actually matter. I can't believe this is actually happening. I mean, I've spent three, maybe four months pessimistic that, you know, this wasn't going to happen either because of COVID-19 or because of of the salary disputes. But, yeah, I mean, I've really enjoyed watching even these inter-squad games uh, and workouts. I had my computer out watching the Tigers uh, last last Sunday. Uh, I watched them last night. I watched a little bit of Dodgers. So it it is going to be... Weird to not have fans, and, and but I, I'm very curious, you know, to, to watch these games, uh, as you said, that are going to count, and j- just to see, you know, the different rule changes, National League teams batting uh, with a designated hitter. I'm I'm really excited. I'm excited as well. And you brought up one of my favorite things about this whole season is the fact that we have a universal DH. I think it's well past time Bartolo Colon's done. So why not just do away with the pitchers hitting in the National League? We don't need to see it. Give me the DH. Just give the people what they want. Yeah, I mean, you know, people bring up, like you mentioned, Bartolo Colon or uh, Madison Bumgarner, you know, Josh Beckett, somebody hitting a home run. I mean, those moments are exciting, but they're so rare. And most of the time, you know, it's just a pitcher bunning, or especially when you have interleague play. American League pitchers who, who don't bat during the regular season are just going up there. You know, they just want to get through with it. Just maybe they'll flail the bat 
And this really gives some of the National League teams, I think, a really good opportunity to put their best lineups out there. You know, like the Mets, they could play Yoana Cespedes at designated hitter if he's not ready uh, to play the outfield. Uh, the Atlanta Braves uh, looked like they had a potentially exciting opportunity with the DH. Yasuo Puig failed his COVID-19 test, so he, as of right now, is not a member of the Braves. But if he test negative uh, two weeks from now. Maybe that's something that the Braves revisit. I think the Cubs, you know, the, the Cubs have always had trouble finding a, a, the ideal spot for Kyle Schwarber. Uh, the, the Los Angeles Dodgers have a really uh, deep lineup. I think that the designated hitter is really going to be to their benefit. Like you said, Clint, this is long overdue. Uh, for the last couple seasons, maybe three seasons, it, it, there has been a movement toward this. We're going to see it this season in this truncated 60-game season. I think we're going to see the Universal DH next season over a full 162 games, and then with a new collective bargaining agreement, I think it's going to be negotiated. Uh, I, I can't imagine that the players won't want a designated here. You know, that, that, that's an extra 15 jobs at least for uh, for the players' union. Um, and uh, I, you know, I understand those who are purists and, and those who like every player uh, getting to bat in the lineup, but it's long overdue. There are too many good hitters not to, to be in lineups uh, swinging the bat for National League teams. Exactly, Ian. I think that's definitely the big thing that I'm just looking forward to. And the fact you brought up was like over the last couple of seasons, there's just been talk about. It. I think it's just the fact that, you know, I brought up it, brought it up earlier. You had Dick Sexy hit that home run. That's where we peaked in, in the non-DHNL <laughs> society. You're right. They should have just retired. Go out on top, right? I mean, retire the rule right there. It's never going to get better than that. Exactly. It's like we, we peaked as a society whenever Bartolo Colon <laughs> hit a absolute jack with the Mets. And it's it was like, every time he bats, it's amazing to begin with. I mean, the helmet doesn't fit his head enough. Everything going on with him. But just looking at this season in and of itself, I think this is a big talking point I've had with a lot of people over the last few days is – should there be an asterisk on the 2020 season? I think there has to be. I mean, it is going to be a legitimate season. I don't think anybody's going to question the legitimacy of a World Series champion. I mean, you still have to go through the regular season. They are going to play a full postseason. But in terms of, it's just going to mess so much with the records. You know, we're not going to have, we might not even have a batter hit. 20 home runs this year. You know, we're not going to have a 20 game winner. We're not the usual standards that apply to a baseball season, you know, 600 at bat, 200 innings and so forth. I think there has to be an asterisk because there's so, there, there's so many things that are going to be different. Uh, lineups are, are going to be different as well. Suffering an injury is going to be a significant development for every team. If you are on the 10 day injured list, that's a huge chunk of the season now. Or if you suffer, you know, the, the Detroit Tigers just announced that uh, Jordan Zimmerman is going to be out for uh, 45 days. That, that's pretty much the season. His season is pretty much done. You know, you could look at maybe him coming back during a, a full 162-game season. He, he could come back uh, maybe partway through. And we're also going to see some top prospects, I think, as a result of being on these taxi squads contributing more to a regular season than they would under normal circumstances. Maybe, you know, a, a top prospect, a, a top rookie would come up during September and be a factor in the pennant race. 
but they could be a significant factor, especially over a 60 game season over a, a whole season, you know, players that normally wouldn't get that opportunity are going to get that opportunity now. And the teams with that kind of depth in the organization, I think are going to possibly have a significant advantage. So what you're saying is basically like the stat should have an asterisk, but the world series title should. I don't think it should. Uh, your original question was, will it? And, uh, you know, maybe there's a team, if a team like, say, the Texas Rangers or the Toronto Blue Jays, maybe, I don't know if the New York Mets are, are fair to put into this category because they won 86 games last season, but a team that would not normally have won over a 162-game season goes on to win the World Series, maybe that, that will be looked back at as an asterisk. But, you know, you have, you've had wildcard teams like uh, the Marlins, the Giants, win the World Series, and those aren't those aren't regarded with any sort of asterisk. Obviously, the season was different, but no, I don't think we're going to look back and whoever whoever is the World Series champion is after the 2020 season. I still think flags fly forever, and we won't look back on that with an asterisk. Talk right now, Ian Castleberry, and Ian. I think one of the other things that I'm just wondering about right now is your Detroit Tigers. I know you're a big Tigers fan. You're from that area. What did they kind of look like in the middle of those practices that you've been able to kind of watch on these live streams? Yeah, I think it's going to be rough. I mean, I think the Tigers are going to be a bad team. So I don't think they're going to be that team that you know might be mediocre, but that, that could be a good team over a 60 game period. But uh, I, you know, I mentioned top prospects possibly being a factor uh, in the game with Jordan Zimmerman out now, uh, for instance, you know, a top prospect like a Casey Mize, who was the number one overall draft pick two years ago, Matt Manning, uh, top prospects for the Tigers could be a factor over this season. Maybe Spencer Torkelson, the number one overall pick this season, gets some that bad. So I think it's an exciting opportunity uh, to watch, for the Tigers to watch them, to see uh, some of those top prospects possibly be a factor. But otherwise, I think the big question with the Tigers is Miguel Cabrera, and will he return to the form in which he was the top hitter in baseball, a two-time MVP, really has suffered from injuries the past couple of seasons. Can he come back? He looks in great shape. He was in the original spring training. He looks like he's in really good shape for this summer camp. Uh, will he have a big season? Ian, you know, one of the things that I've been talking about as of late involving the MLB is the fact that I think everybody's going to realize in the first two weeks, two to three weeks of the season, possibly longer, how important the bridge guy is going to be in the MLB He's obviously you're not going to see a guy like Justin Verlander pitch more than like five innings, right? No, I, I think that's a huge factor too. Yeah. We, again, you know, like I mentioned that we're not going to see the 200 inning guys. Yeah. I, I think, you know, because of this long break and the shorter summer camp workouts, you're right. I think five innings will be, the complete game of 2020 guys are not going to be maybe, you know, toward the end of the season, you know, if we're talking about September, you know, guys will be stretched out enough to maybe pitch a complete game. But I think we're going to see a lot of what we've seen over the past couple of seasons, especially toward uh, the end of the season, you know, the, uh, the opener, uh, the bullpen starts, you know, so the guys like Justin Verlander, they'll go three innings and then uh, other starters could come in to piggyback. Uh, bullpens are going to be extremely important. So teams with 
a deep bullpen, I think, are going to have a huge advantage as opposed to uh, those who, who maybe you know could have a, a really good closer and a really good setup man. But the middle of that bullpen, whether uh, they're starters uh, or, or their their long relief guys, I think are going to be at a disadvantage. A team like the Astros, I think, is really set up well for this for this shortened season because of that. All right, Ian. Before I let you go, I got to kind of put you under the hot plate right now and figure out <laughs> who do you think is going to be coming out of the AL and the NL with the World Series. I think these picks probably aren't going to seem really daring here, but I think the Dodgers in the National League, I think, are set up really well for this circumstance. You know, they have Mookie Betts. Some fans might even forget, you know, like the Dodgers added Mookie Betts. You know, it's been so long since that move happened. He's going to want to have a big season because he's going to be a free agent after the season. Uh, they have a deep rotation, even though David Price is opting out of the season. They have a deep bullpen. I think they're set up very well. The Astros, and I think the New York Yankees, uh, even though they, they have lost uh, a couple, Domingo Herman uh, is going to be out for the season. We don't know what, what Masahiro Tanaka is going to be, but they had a Garrett Cole. They have an extremely deep lineup, one of the best bullpens in baseball. Uh, I, I know I'm not, I'm not going out on a limb here, but I do think the Yankees and the Dodgers look like the best bets out of each league right now. You talked about Herman. I mean, do you think he's really going to hang it up? Because I think that was one of, like his tweet last night saying he was done with baseball. Is there was some validity to that in your mind, or was maybe it's just like rampant speculation? That was really cryptic, and I hope people around him and the Yankees are kind of checking on him to to, to see what he meant. Maybe he's just really down because he wasn't going to play this season anyway because he's serving an 81 game suspension for domestic violence. He served some of that last year. He, he had 63 games remaining on that suspension. So that's going to take up the whole regular season. But he could pitch in the postseason. Uh, MLB has said he, he would be allowed to pitch in the postseason. So, again, I don't know if he was down on himself or, or maybe there, there's some health concern, whether it's his arm or, or something with COVID-19. That was a very strange uh, message from Domingo Herman. He did sound so, like he was somewhat discouraged. But I would not count him out if he's available to pitch in the postseason. And he's still he's still really young. This is a guy who has a lot of baseball ahead of him. Uh, if he if he doesn't get you know if he turns around his life after this domestic violence suspension, are the Los Angeles Dodgers the happiest team to kind of start the season? Because if they didn't start the season, they were going they were basically going to be without Mookie Betts. I think, yeah, I mean, <laughs> they had to be sweating, right? Like we, we make this big deal, and we might not even get. Mookie Betts uh, for a full season. So, yeah, they have to be thrilled with that. I, I I do wonder, you know, in a shortened season, you know, could Clayton Kershaw, could he be even better yeah, for the postseason? Will he? Ha- I think part of the reason he's struggling in the postseason is because the guy's pitched, you know, 225, 250 innings by the time he gets to October, and that's not going to be the case this year. And, again, a very uh, deep bullpen, but – yeah, adding Mookie Betts to what was already an outstanding lineup with Cody Bellinger, National League uh, Most Valuable Player, Jack Peterson, Justin Turner, Max Muncy had a breakout season. Uh, yeah, you're right. The Dodgers have to be thrilled that they're going to actually get some return for Mookie Betts this year. Ian, thank you so much for coming on, my man. We'll talk to you down the road. Hey, I can't wait. Thanks so much for having me on, Clint. Take care. All right, man. That was Ian Castleberry, part of the comeback, also the host of the podcast. So hopefully you check that out when you get the chance. 
Yeah, I know that Yankees-Dodgers World Series pick isn't exactly bold, but that's one of the unknowns about this shortened season. Does it give an opportunity for mediocre teams to play well or great teams to dominate even more? We'll close this Sporto edition of the podcast out with kind of an MLB season preview from Asheville's Y Sports Radio. First, Pat Ryan and I discuss one of the stranger developments going into the season, which is the Toronto Blue Jays being restricted from playing in Toronto by the Canadian government due to COVID-19 travel restrictions. And then, what about the main storylines to follow as this shortened 60-game season begins? All right. Uh, Ian Castleberry is standing by on the wise lines. It is our Major League Baseball update uh, with Ian. And we got lots to cover today since we're off on Wednesday. So we get right to it. And it's all presented by Vistanet Telecommunications. Ian, how you doing, buddy? I'm all right. How are you, Pat? Hey, doing well. Um, first things first, Yasiel Puig. Uh, not going to be playing with the Braves, at least for the time being. I'm assuming this is COVID-related. Yeah, Yasuo Puig failed a COVID-19 test or tested positive for it. He announced that on Friday, the day after, two days after that uh, the Braves announced that they were going to sign him. But that signing was pending a physical and passing a COVID-19 test. So with Puig uh, testing positive and having to miss at least two weeks because of that, he is probably not going to sign with the Braves. Now, he, he still could if after two weeks he's in the clear and the Braves think they still have a need for him. But Freddie Freeman is going to be back with the team on Friday. So I think that reduces the need for Puig in the Braves lineup. And they have enough outfield depth, I think, to cover Nick Marquecas opting out of the of the 2020 season with Marcelo Zuna, Ender Inciarte, Ronald Acuna Jr., of course, uh, Adam Duvall, if he's on, on the regular 30-man roster. So without not wanting to pay Puig for being out for two weeks. And he hasn't had a, a summer camp. Uh, I, I don't know if he's in baseball shape yet. The assumption would be that he is, but uh, he's a little bit behind his teammates uh, in terms of being ready for the baseball season. So Yasuo Puig could still play major in the major leagues this year, but I think it's more likely that he's going to sign, end up signing with one of the teams that was interested in him besides the Braves, uh, the Orioles, the Marlins, the Giants, all three of those losing teams, of course, which is why he wanted to sign with the Braves. But I think the Braves and Yasuo Puig is not going to happen for this season. Okay, so it's it's not just a wait and see. It's a <laughs> don't bother scenario there. As Okay, uh, Braves fans, there you go. I was kind of excited about Puig uh, being added to the roster, but certainly can understand the Braves' hesitation there for sure. Speaking, speaking of hesitation, Ian, the Blue Jays shut out of Toronto, Canada. Uh, uh, pretty strict when it comes to COVID-19. Uh, so they're looking at, at, at a place and, you know, to, to play, you know, like a city that will host them. I'm hearing Buffalo might be the best choice. Are there any other cities out there that Toronto is considering uh, playing their home games in? Right. So the Canadian government really are cracking down here, uh, concerns about COVID-19 travel and going into the U.S. Some of those places which are hot spots right now, Florida, 
for instance, yeah. and, and coming back to Canada. So Buffalo is at the top of the list because of its proximity to Toronto. But from what I understand, there are some significant problems with Buffalo, namely that it is a triple A ballpark that's not up to major league standards in terms of lighting on the field especially and their clubhouse which is a minor league size and it's going to be impossible to create proper social distancing now since there is no minor league season maybe a, a temporary clubhouse can be built you know like in corridors or hallways or something like that so buffalo is still on the list from what I understand, Pittsburgh is actually very high on the list. Really? If they can work it out to share PNC Park with the Pirates, the Blue Jays, both from a team standpoint and their players, uh, their preference is to play in a major league park. Pittsburgh isn't a good location for traveling. Remember, the Blue Jays uh, in the AL East, they'll only be playing AL East teams and NL East teams this season. Another possibility is the Blue Jays spring training home in Dunedin, Florida, but Florida is a hot mm, spot. That's time. also another reason why you probably have to scratch Tropicana Field with the Tampa Bay Rays off the list. So right now, I think if they want to stay in the East, I think you do have to look at Buffalo and maybe Pittsburgh. I've heard other suggestions in minor league parks like Indianapolis or even Omaha. Omaha might have the best standards in terms of lighting because, you know, they're set up for the College World Series uh, and so forth. But uh, it's just not a good look when we're, what, three days yeah. away from uh, the Major League Baseball season and one of the 30 teams doesn't know where they're going to play their home games this yeah, year. Yeah, that, that, can, I, can I ask you quickly on that, Ian? How did that come to be um, that suddenly this became an issue? And that's probably something uh, both ca ca Canadian officials and the Blue Jays should have been thinking of well ahead of time. Yeah, this was always uh, in question because the Canadian government uh, was very concerned about gatherings of uh, you know more than 50 people. So uh, it certainly looked like fans being at the game was going to be a problem. But you know, Major League Baseball got past that. I, I don't know if Major League Baseball just thought eventually that the Canadian government would back down on this or that that the Blue Jays. Uh, would as well, but yeah, they really do look like they got caught with their pants down here. Uh, Ian Castleberry with the Wise Guys talking Major League Baseball presented by Vistanet Telecommunications. Uh, much like the NBA, Major League Baseball looking to send social, uh, social justice uh, message, and you know, I, I guess that's on the uniforms, Ian. And, and what options is is baseball looking at? Well, from what I understand, Major League Baseball is not looking at putting social justice messages on the back of their jerseys where names would be you know like the nba they have a an accepted list of social justice messages like black lives matter uh, equality say their names uh that that sort of thing i don't believe that's in the works for major league baseball here but maybe some sort of logo approved by the players union and major league baseball that would be on the uniforms all season another possibility is that each team could release a video message, uh, you know, that could be played during their broadcast, that could be played in the empty ballpark. To the listeners, if you do a Google search, the Los Angeles Dodgers made a, a video for Black Lives Matter over the weekend. So I think maybe something like that uh, could be uh, in play. But Major League Baseball has been behind the trend this whole time, you know, of all the major team sports or sports in general, Major League Baseball took nine days to address the George Floyd murder and the social unrest 
going on in the country. You know, this is the sport of Jackie Robinson. Oh, what took them so long? Mm. There will still be a Jackie Robinson day, by the way. It's going to be on August 28th this season, as opposed to the normal uh, April 15th, uh, Jackie Robinson's birthday. But I think more likely than not, we're going to see some sort of logo uh, with a social justice message on baseball uniforms this season. All right, Ian Castleberry with the Wise Guys. By the way, follow Ian at awfulannouncing.com and follow and like Awful Announcing on Facebook. He and his colleagues doing great work. As always, some really great columns there, including this guy right here, Ian Castleberry, with us. With COVID-19 picking up steam, Ian, in the southeast here in our area, southwest and California is back in the hot spot talk again. Do you have concerns about baseball getting its full abbreviated season in? I think so. I mean, uh, the problems here with the Toronto Blue Jays are just part of that. You know, the Canadian government doesn't like the idea of uh, the Blue Jays traveling to Florida, traveling to Georgia, and then coming back to Canada. So, yeah, with with, with Florida, with Arizona, with California, as you mentioned, Georgia, among the uh, states uh, that are uh, in COVID-19 hotspots right now, I think there has to be some doubt as to whether or not Major League Baseball uh, finishes its season. But, you know, we still don't know what it's going to be like with, you know, we have all these teams and players together during these summer camp workouts, but, you know, there hasn't been a travel situation as of yet. There hasn't really been a clubhouse situation. I know there are going to be measures taken with that as to whether or not the players have to dress, you know, before coming to the ballpark or immediately leave uh, the ballpark after the game. But uh, there's still so much unknown of what's going to happen uh, once you really begin a major league schedule in terms of games played and travel that I think, yeah, I think it's definitely up in the air as to whether or not we're, we're going to finish this season. Yeah. Um, we'll see when push comes to shove for sure. Um, and Ian, since we have no show on Wednesday, as I'd mentioned, and with baseball opening up on Friday, got a couple of minutes here to get your non COVID-19 storylines heading into the shortened season. First and foremost, can the nationals repeat, you know, ah. this is a team that, uh, Won the World Series despite really not having a bullpen other than two pitchers, Daniel Hudson and Sean Doolittle. Bullpens are going to be very, very important. They're important anyway, but especially in this shortened season, uh, unless uh, you know Steven Strasburg and Max Scherzer are, are, are in a position uh, where, where they can pitch you know, major innings, you know, five, six, maybe even more innings. Uh, and, of course, they lost Anthony Rendon their best hitter. Uh, so how, how are the Nationals going to fare in a very tough NL East? I think it's easily the toughest division in baseball this year with the Braves, with the Phillies, with the Mets. Also, Mookie Betts. People might forget, hey, the Dodgers traded for Mookie Betts. Remember that? Uh, back, back before the season was supposed to begin in April. Former American League MVP. He's going to be surrounded by excellent hitters in that lineup, Justin Turner, Cody Bellinger, et cetera. He wants to have a great season. He's going to be a free agent after the year. It sounds like the Dodgers want to re-sign him, but, uh, you know, and what, what sorts of numbers will we put up in a shortened season? How would that translate, you know, to a full 162 games? So, yeah, watch uh, Mookie Betts with the Dodgers. The Dodgers and the Astros, they will play each other this season because the AL West and the NL West will face each other in this shortened season. This will be the first time these two teams have played since the 2017 World Series. You know, we'll, we'll, the Dodgers want some vengeance, want some revenge you know, for, for the sign-stealing scandal of possibly losing the 2017 World Series. I think everyone on that roster believes they lost the World Series because of the Astros sign-stealing. And then projecting that out to the rest of the season, 
how is the rest of Major League Baseball and the teams the Astros face this year? How are they going to react to this sign stealing scandal? Should most of that lineup be prepared, you know, to, to get beamed once or twice a game, you know, get, get hit by some pitches? Uh, you know, will some of their players, will they struggle because of, of all the, the, the scrutiny that they will face? Some people will say, well, maybe they're not as good at hitters without that sign stealing. And then, uh, are the White Sox, the Chicago White Sox, you know, we talked last week about teams that could be surprise contenders, and I think I overlooked the White Sox a little bit in an AL Central with the Cleveland Indians, with the Minnesota Twins who won last year. The White Sox made big additions in free agency, Osmani Grandal, Dallas Keuchel, Edwin Encarnacion. They also have uh, some young stars. Lucas Giolito is going to be their opening day starter. Eloy Jimenez uh, was a rookie last season. And Luis Robert uh, was a Robert, what has been outstanding in summer camp workouts, uh, crushing the ball out of the ballpark. I, w- I would look for him, Luis Robert, to be a possible uh, American League Rookie of the Year candidate. So how are the White Sox going to do? All right. Good stuff, as always. And Ian, you're going to be watching baseball starting on Friday, I'm assuming. Yeah, I'll tune in to Thursday night for, for those games, too. But, uh, yeah, I have to admit, I mean, I... All along, as you know, and listeners know, I've been pessimistic about this, so uh, about our season being being played. So, yeah, I'll definitely be tuning in on Friday. Hey, man, appreciate you as always. Okay, thanks, Pat. Thank you, Ian, very much. Ian Castleberry with the Wise Guys presented by Vistanet Telecommunications. And since I mentioned Mookie Betts and the Los Angeles Dodgers in both of those segments, it should probably be noted that as we're recording, Betts is reportedly close to agreement on a monumental 13-year contract worth more than $380 million. Sorry, Red Sox fans. Mookie ain't returning to Boston. Baseball may be dwindling in popularity, but really, shouldn't you be teaching your kid to play baseball and hope he, or she, gets really, really good at it? $400 million? Holy Kofax. Great cash, homie. All right, that'll do it for this Sporto edition of the podcast. Hopefully you didn't mind all the sports talk and most of the content being from the radio, but I did what I could to warn you. Another episode, a real one, if that's what you want to call it, is on the way. With everything going on in the world with the COVID-19 pandemic and in our culture with social unrest, the Black Lives Matter movement, an uproar over systemic racism and police violence toward black people since the George Floyd murder, along with far too many others, including Breonna Taylor, Rayshard Brooks, and Elijah McClain, trying to talk about TV and movies watched during quarantine the sports shutdown, or whatever other stories could have been told just didn't feel quite right. But I'm not happy with myself for being quiet during a lot of this either. So I think I finally got my head tuned into what I've wanted to say and where I stood before moving on with what this podcast is trying to be even under abnormal circumstances. It probably won't always be fun, but we'll sure as hell try to provide at least a little bit of entertainment amid the uncertainty and anxiety we're all going through. Thank you for listening to the latest return of the podcast. If you haven't, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts. You might have to search under my name, Ian Castleberry, that's C-A-S-S-E-L-B-E-R-R-Y, because I should have come up with a better name for this thing from the outset. A rating and review would also be very helpful, especially if they're positive. 
but I can handle negative. Last night, some cranky old prune emailed me to say that I should learn remedial English if I want to pursue a career as a writer. That was mean and condescending, so fuck that guy. But if it's constructive criticism, we all win. The podcast can also be found on Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Overcast, uh, virtually everywhere podcasts are available. And that list finally includes Himalaya. Thanks to our friend Jim Irizari, host of the Jim on Things podcast. Squeaky wheel gets the grease, baby. I don't know anyone who actually uses Himalaya to listen to podcasts. No offense, guys. But they're a thing. And they were very helpful once we got their attention. But if you use a different app other than those, please let me know. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, all at the podcast. P-O-D-C-A-S-S. Thanks to all of you who have checked in at that Facebook page as I've tried to post links to articles and audio clips to keep the lights on. But I know, nothing beats an actual podcast, right? If you prefer email for feedback, send us a message at thepodcast at gmail.com. We'd appreciate hearing from you. And if you want to speak directly to the manager, you can find me on Twitter and Facebook at IanCass. That's I-A-N-C-A-S-S. Or email me like that old crank did at iancass at gmail.com. I hope that guy's cane broke. All right. Stay strong. Stay healthy. Keep it together for those you love. But don't forget about that special person or not-so-hidden outlet that allows you to express what you need and take care of yourself. Keep staying home if you can. Keep washing those hands. Keep maintaining proper social distance. And wear a mask when you have to leave the house, man. Come on, man. What are some of you doing out there, man? Come on, man. What are we doing out there, man? Help out anyone in need if and when you can. We'll get through this and be okay eventually. Talk to you very soon.